As we start the show today, we're talking with an author on the program, author Neil Shubin, author of the latest book, Some Assembly Required, Decoding Four Billion Years of Life from Ancient Fossils to DNA. Neil, thanks so much for being with us here on the program today. How are you? Good morning. Uh, we're, we're well here. Uh, looking out for mine and you know, all, you know, me looking out for the health of everybody here. I uh, hope you're doing the same. Yeah, appreciate that. We're doing well here. Where are you talking to us from today, Neil? I'm in Chicago. I'm at the University of Chicago. Our school is actually currently shut down. Oh, wow. uh, students are being sent home. You know, we're doing all the social distancing. So, Yeah, and that's uh, kind of the, the same story here in Iowa as well, and especially in our area in southwest Iowa. Um, so tell us more about you, Neil, as we get started here. What's kind of your story and, and, and your background? Yeah, my background is I am. Um, I grew up as a kid who loved science, who loved archaeology. So I, uh, I'm actually a paleontologist and a molecular biologist. My uh, my summers are spent looking for fossils around the world. Uh, I work in both poles. I've worked up in the Arctic near the North Pole. I worked in the South near the South Pole, and we do that because the rocks are perfect to hold the kinds of fossils I'm looking for. The uh, my team and I discovered back in 2004 uh, one of the earliest creatures to walk on land. We were interested in the shift from creatures that live in water to creatures that live on land, and we discovered in the rocks up in the Canadian Arctic, in rocks about 375 million years old, we discovered a fish with fins, uh, with arm bones inside, with uh, elbows, with wrists, with fingers, but inside a fin. Uh, it also had lungs, but lungs and gills. So it was sort of like one of these early uh, intermediates between uh, life in water and life on land. And so I live a life where we uh, do molecular biology, we study DNA, but we also study uh, fossils. So, you know, summers are spent in the field, intense, uh, looking, uh, looking for rocks uh, in expeditions. Much of the rest of the year is spent teaching students and uh, studying DNA. And this sounds like just a very interesting book here, Some Assembly Required, um, and like we said, decoding four billion years of life from ancient fossils to DNA. Um, so, Neil, maybe tell our listeners what they can expect in this book and just uh, what, what led you to write this piece to begin with. What led me to write this piece is something that's actually very relevant with our world today. That is, the technologies we now have at our disposal as scientists allow us to probe the genes, the genetic material, the DNA of all life on the planet. You know, it started with the Human Genome Project over 20 years ago, but we now have genomes of thousands upon thousands of creatures. We now know the genomes of of different viruses, of different kinds of microbes. Of, of all kinds of critters. And the technologies, both in terms of the actual molecular technologies, but also the ones, we, computational ones that make sense of it, are really changing how we see the history of life. They're changing how we see our interactions with other living creatures. You know, and obviously, honestly, the same technologies that, we're probe, that we've probed the DNA of many creatures, the genomes of many creatures, are the ones that people are using right now to understand the coronavirus and to understand, to try to develop therapy to, to, to combat it. So, you know, we as a species are now armed with some amazing science, and that's kind of what I wanted to capture in the book. And that amazing science tells us about the, you know, the, the history of our planet and the history of life, you know, but it also tells us how our bodies work and how they're built from embryo to adult. So, you know, we're, um, you know, these, the, the current time is one of, of, of enormous challenge with the, with the coronavirus, but, you know, we also are armed with incredible technologies that lend me some optimism that we'll, you know, be able to have therapies. I don't know when, but we will have them at some point. So, Neil, um, you might share, if, if you can, uh, some of the findings that you found while putting all this together and uh, any surprises along the way in your, in your research uh, and findings? Huge, yeah, huge 
surprise us. Let's just think about our DNA, okay? Each of us is, you know, has a DNA in every cell, right? We have four trillion cells in our body. Think about that. You and I and your listeners have, you know, four trillion cells uh, that make us. If you look at each of those cells, we have a, a six-foot-long strand of DNA that's all wound up inside of each cell. Think about that for a second. Inside every cell is a six-foot-long strand of DNA that's packed to be a submicroscopic particle. If you were to unpack all the DNA in every cell of our body and lie end to end, it would go basically from here almost to Pluto. That's how much we have inside of us, all packed, and that's amazing. And so when you think about that, though, there are genes inside of us, and the genes are what makes the proteins that make our body work, that builds our bodies. And that only the genes inside our DNA only compose about 2% of our genome. The rest of that stuff, the other 98%, does all kinds of other things. It controls the activity of the genome. It contains a footprint of, of our ancient history. Um, but here's one amazing fact. You know, ancient viruses have always attacked our DNA. Um, and if you look inside our genome, about 8% of our genome are ancient viruses that attacked our DNA that are now dead. They just lie there like corpses inside our genome. They're no longer active. That is four times the amount of DNA of ancient viruses that, um, uh, that we have as our genes. So we have more dead ancient viruses in our genome than our own genes. You know, that just shows the history of life has always been one, you know, combating and dealing with viruses. But the story gets stranger still. Check, so here's one, one story in the book is that researchers in Utah discovered a gene that's involved in our memories. It's active when we, you know, when we make memories. It turns out that that gene has a sequence that's identical in some ways to ancient viruses. So it appears that when viruses occasionally inv- attack our body, sometimes they're, n- they're neutered by our body, but other times they're put to use for new st- to make our own structures. So this memory gene is actually a repurposed ancient virus. <laughs> kind of mind-blowing in a lot of ways. But, you know, this is the sort of story we're discovering with these technologies. We can now sequence genomes in an afternoon. You know, we now know, by the way, those technologies are helping us with coronavirus right now. You know, we know the, the structure of coronavirus. We kind of know, you know, and that's a big step in trying to develop therapies and a, and a, vac- and a vaccine. And that sort, of, that sort of work is kind of the work I talk about in the book uh, quite a bit um, because it's really changed how we view, you know, life on the planet. Neil, if anyone wants any more information about the book or even some of your writings in the past, uh, do you have a website to direct them to today? Yeah, I do. You can go to my personal website, neilshubin.com. You can go to Your Inner Fish, which is a, it, you just type in Your Inner Fish as a Google search. It'll take you to a TV show I hosted for PBS, a three-part mm-hmm. miniseries, about four years ago, um, and it should contain a lot of resources. Well, we appreciate you being with us here today. Best to you in the book sales as you go forward, and thanks for taking some time to be with us today. It's great to be with you. Stay healthy.